We're uh, in going through the book of Acts. It's the beginning of the church. We're in Acts chapter 20. Uh, I think this is our third message just out of chapter 20, and you're going to get one more message next week out of chapter 20. Uh, just a whole lot in there. Pastor Cord did an incredible job last week of talking about the emotions of the elders coming together, uh, walking, um, walking a, the 30 miles or whatever it was to meet Paul uh, because Paul was, didn't want to go back into town and get killed. Right? He's learning a little bit. Uh, because he knows he's got a destiny to get to Rome and preach the gospel there. And he talked about the emotions of those elders being together and the prayer time they had together. Just an incredible message. And I'm going to just tell you, if there is, if there's two words you would use to describe me, two words, it would be peace and patience. My wife was here last night. You should have seen the look on her face when I led with that sentence. <clears throat> so last week, I didn't preach. Cord was preaching. Great job. But I was in the lobby. I was just hanging out with people. And it's fun to do that. Hug people. Pray with people. And um, right in the middle of Cord's message, this guy got up and left. And again, normally I'm very calm, peaceful, patient, understanding. And I, I just, it upset me. And I went over to the guy and I said, in fact, we have a picture of him, don't we? There he is. And, um, and I said, what are you doing? I said, Cord's still preaching. He's in there sharing the gospel. And I said, you need to hear it. You need to get back in there and you need to listen to the sermon. And he said, I need to go get a haircut. <laughs> and I said, a haircut? I said, why didn't you get a haircut before Cord started preaching? He said, I didn't need one then. <laughs> Cord knew it was coming. He knew. He, he knew it was coming. I had a friend that had never seen a football game. He asked me what those goalposts were for. I said, they just put those up for kicks. You think you'd be more receptive after all you've been through. Any, anything, anything should make you happy. All right. I get you laughing a little bit because I'm about to punch you in the head. So hang on. Uh, there's no doubt what I'm about to say is going to upset some people. And I, I don't apologize for that because I'm going to give you the word of God to back all this up. But it's going to be hard to hear some of what I'm about to say. I ask you to buckle in and I hope you'll listen. And that's up to you. Uh, but as you'll see in the passage that we're going to study today, at one point Paul said, I have told you the whole truth. I've told you the whole will of God. And he said, your blood is now on your own head. Translate that. If I don't tell you the truth, I'll be held accountable for your bad decisions. Now, I ain't going down for you. I'm going to tell you the truth. You want the truth, right? All right. So we're going to start off. I'm going to talk to you about what's going on, where Paul's at with these leaders and what's going to happen and what's happening in our society today. The word is syncretism. Does anybody know that word? Write it down, look it up, start Googling syncretism. It is where everything is blended together. You primarily see this, however, when it comes to religion. 
because we understand that four and four is eight. We understand there's simple things about chemistry that don't change. But when it comes to religion, we just want to throw them all together in one pot. I never forget when I was in youth ministry, I had a, a 16-year-old girl that started coming to church. Letter to Jesus, we baptized her, and she said, you got to get to my mother. Well, the daughter and the mother were Hindu. And the daughter took me about a year. And I went and shared the gospel with her mother. Sweet, sweet lady. And she said, I will add Jesus to all the rest of my gods. And I said, no, sweetie, it doesn't work. I was very nice. I really was peace, peaceful, patient. I was. And, 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 I, and I've prayed for her for years that someday God would open her eyes. But in her mind... I'll just add Jesus to this statue and this God and to Buddha and all these other things. Jesus sounds good too. But the truth is, Jesus is very exclusionary. He said, no one gets to the Father except... Okay. So here's how this syncretism stuff is playing out in our culture. Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, put up billboards all over the state of California saying, be like Jesus who was pro-choice, and then he quotes Jesus saying, love your neighbor. Now John MacArthur, who's 85 years old, preaches in a monster church in Los Angeles, said last week, that is the worst, most gross interpretation of scripture I've ever seen. Did he use scripture? Yeah, he quoted scripture. Did he quote it properly? Absolutely not. And it's very dangerous to put words in Jesus' mouth. I'll just tell you that, okay? The, uh, the, the gubernatorial uh, candidate for Georgia came out and said there's no such thing as a fetal heartbeat. It's made up by men who want to control women. Guys, if you're a Google search away to finding out how dumb that statement is. All right, that's just not that complex of a statement. You're being lied to. The vice president said, you don't have to give up your faith to believe in all of these other things, whether it be abortion, transgenderism. No, you have to just deny what faith really is and just come and be a religious show. That's syncretism. Syncretism. You can believe whatever you want, live however you want, sleep with whoever you want, party all you want. Don't ever worry about following the word of God. Just show up and do an hour of service and God goes, well done. That's syncretism. Another governor, <coughs> govern, gubernatorial candidate was asked on national TV, how could you ever have been pro-life? With tears in their eyes, how could you have ever been pro-life? What? How could you ever have been pro-life? See, syncretism says, oh, keep your Jesus, but just take everything else. Let me tell you what syncretism does. It empties churches. It'll empty your soul, and it will empty everything else about Christianity. Because the Bible no, no longer becomes the authority. The state or you become the authority. And that's the worst place you want to be. Now, I tell you all of that to say that's exactly where Paul is in Ephesus. They've got plenty of gods. 
Just like they had plenty of gods in Athens. And you know what's great about those gods? Those gods say, have sex with as many people as you want. Enjoy it. Those gods say, you live however you want. Those gods say, have all the abortions you want. Oh yeah, it was wide open in the first century. We didn't invent this. All right. All this stuff that's going on. And Paul comes into the middle of this and says, listen, there's a whole different story with Jesus. And there's a whole different idea about morality. So if you'll stand, we'll take a look at this text. <clears throat> so Paul's in the middle of talking to these leaders. <clears throat> and he says, now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Now, you know, I'm so sorry. You're never going to get to see my face again. I don't think it was Paul's face. I think it was the fact that he had lived life with them. He'd become friends with them. And he said, this is it, guys. You're never going to see me again because I'm going to go to Rome and probably not coming back. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and on the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Wow. You can be seated. Now next week, we're going to talk about wolves. Because Paul is preparing them for what's about to come. All right. He's telling them that wolves are going to come in and destroy the church. Because he knows what kind of a synchronistic culture that he's dealing with. So here is what he encourages them to do is to set a watch. All right. It may be a sentinel like a military picture. The idea is you're keeping watch over your property, over land, over something. You are keeping watch. And the first thing Paul says is for you to watch yourself. Now, he uses it in context of watching me. All right, think about that. All right, Paul tells these other people, I want you to watch me. Now, I'm not sure I want to say that, except in the context of doing our very best to follow Jesus. You need somebody in your life that's living it better than you are, that you look up to and say, that's what I want to be like. Now, there's a danger. There's a danger in that. Because people will let you down. So don't make them God. But look at the characteristics and say, you know what? I want to be able to forgive like that. I want to be able to give like that. I want to be able to care about people like that. I want his prayer life. God, that's what I want. Have models like that. And Paul says, he says, watch me. See, I think that's why this separating between him and the leaders is so difficult. Because Paul didn't just blow into town and preach and then leave. Paul's lived life with these guys. They've seen how he prays. They've seen how he eats. They've seen how he handles his money. They've seen how Paul does everything. Paul says, watch me and then emulate that. There's several places in scripture where it says... Follow me as I follow Christ. <clears throat> that means there's things about me you don't want to follow, like my patience. That's not something. 
I, I want to be patient like Joe. No, you don't. You probably already have that. All right, that's, that's not a virtue of mine that you'd say, that's what I want to follow. But there are things that you can look at different people and say, like some of that, some of that, some of that. Because everybody needs somebody to look up to. Now, here's the turnaround to that. You also need to be that person. What am I doing to model it for others? You don't think your kids know when you come to church? I don't care if your kids are 80. You think your kids know if you go to church? You think your kids know if you tithe? You think your kids know if Jesus is important to you at home? Your grandkids, great-grandkids, you think your neighbors, you think they're aware? I guarantee you, a lot of your neighbors knew today, they knew you'd get up and go to church because they know who you are. But there's other people that there's, there's no consistency, there's no commitment. And so we've got to work on that model so that there's something for other people to follow. And if you go back, I don't know how much time Cord spent on that verse 24 last week. But Paul said, I consider myself a complete failure if I don't finish the race well. Anybody can start the race. But weeks like this last one remind us that we got to finish the race. And look, I don't know who needs Jesus today, but if this week told you anything, how many people in Fort Myers didn't get another chance? A lot of friends. I have a lot of friends in Fort Myers, a lot of friends in Naples. I don't know. I don't know if they're all okay or not. Um, probably everybody here has got family or friends over there somewhere. How quickly can eternity snap up? If you've not accepted Jesus, I pray this is a wake-up call for you. Maybe you're watching at home. It's a bigger wake-up call for some of you. Man, we haven't we had a few in the last few years? It's almost like God's begging. Get yourself right. If you need to accept Jesus, there's going to be a bunch of stuff going on at the end. But if you need to accept Jesus, you get up here, come up front. People will be here to help you. We had a lady last night that was led to the Lord. I was in a coffee shop the other. This is... All right. You need to know, I don't do mornings at all. I do this because God somehow gives me strength. I don't like mornings. And I'm sitting in the coffee shop, drinking coffee, listening to a conversation. Another lady in the coffee shop leads a lady and her husband to Christ. And I'm sitting there drinking my coffee. Now don't, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. And I'm just sitting there drinking my coffee going, that's really cool. I wish I was conscious. And the lady points over. She said, that's Pastor Joe over there. You go over to talk to him and he'll tell you about how to get baptized. <laughs> so she came over, gave me her phone number. I said, okay, we'll call you this week and get you set up. And we'll baptize you and your husband, get you into a discipleship class. Lady was thrilled out of her mind. You know what I had to do with that? I was there to drink coffee. That's what I did. But yet sometimes it's just about being Wherever you are, I mean, doesn't it's not? A, I didn't intentionally go there for a purpose, but God had me there for a purpose, and that's where you and I just say, "God, use me where I'm at." All right. So have somebody to look forward to. Micah seven seven says, "But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. <coughs> I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. I keep watching for the Lord because the second coming of Jesus." 
is close at hand or somebody's death is close at hand. And in either way, we want to keep watching for the Lord. The second part of this, Paul tells the disciples, or he tells the leaders, he says, you need to watch out for yourselves. No. Okay. What's this about? All right, so I'm doing my best to live the kind of life, and I'm, I'm trying to model it for other people. But he says, no, you need to watch out for yourselves. Because next verse, the very next verse says, wolves are coming. I guarantee you some of the wolves were in the circle with Paul right then. Doesn't tell us how many leaders there were. We know the church is going to grow to 50,000. Were there 500 men there that day? Was there 20 men there that day? I don't know, but I guarantee you some of the wolves were sitting inside the circle that day. And Paul said, you guys have got to guard yourselves. Just for, just for, it applies to everybody, but just for a minute, men, buckle in. God needs us to be leaders. Men, whether you're watching online or you're here, we need to be in church. We need to, to act it, live it, talk it, give it. We need to love our wives. We need to model sexuality. The world is falling apart. Bob Moorhead said this because somewhere some man failed. Men, we have got to be the leaders. And Paul says, it's not nothing against women. We didn't have women in the church. Nothing would happen because they do all the praying. But the men have got to step up and act like leaders. All right? That's just the simple. And Paul says to these men, he says, men... You've got to be the ones to watch out for yourself. That means you've got to know what the Bible says so you know you're not being led astray. You've got to stay committed to the word, committed to prayer, committed to ministry, committed to be in worship. All of that is essential. Jesus said this, Matthew 26, <clears throat> watch and pray. Why? So we won't fall into temptation. That's in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the guys that have been with Jesus for three and a half years. This is his disciples. No problem, right? They'll all leave. One guy will make it to the cross, John. John's the only one to make it to the cross. The rest of them are scattered at the winds. Jesus tells them, he said, watch. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Know what the word of God says and stay in prayer so that you can be faithful to God. I'm telling you, the worst preaching I've ever heard, maybe the worst history in the world is going on right now, where people will say, thus saith the Lord, and it's thus saith Satan. That's, I'm not even going to say thus saith the preacher. It's thus saith Satan. The stuff that's come out of these guys' mouths. Look at Scripture. Can you back that statement up with Scripture? Because if you can't, run away from it. All right? That's that simple of what it comes down to. Now, you know, up until 40 years ago, we didn't have this problem. This is where it all started. 40 years ago, when they started unrolling, well, maybe the Bible doesn't mean this. Maybe the Bible doesn't mean that. Well, pretty soon, the Bible doesn't mean anything. Do you know there's great scholars now that don't even believe in Jesus? There are people preaching in churches that don't believe Jesus was even a real person. You wonder why the churches run six? I think I can help you with that. I think I can help you understand that. But then we get to the meat of this. And the meat of it is when he says, watch out for one another. 
He says, you are the overseers of the flock. Now, let me explain. The word overseer is the word translated in English is bishop or elder. It can be used in, in ways. And there are men in this church that are tasked to fulfill that role. Our eldership, our, our pastoral staff, our jobs is, our job is to keep the word of God as front and foremost and the only thing that we bring out. All right. That's what our job is. And to help people stay on track. If people need help, encouragement, prayer, confrontation, hey man, this is not right. Let's get you back on track. That's what we do. In a much bigger sense, we are all responsible for the body of Christ. You say, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for that. Yes, you did. When you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we said, Lord, my life is now yours. So that widow next door, she's your responsibility. The family down the street that needs food, yep, that's you. What about, what about this? Yep, that's me. It doesn't go away. We are responsible. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. Remember when Cain killed his brother Abel? And God came through and he said, Cain, where's your brother? I honestly think had there been a, a, a confession there, it might have changed all of human history. But what did he say? Cocky. Cocky back to God. He says, am I my brother's keeper? Well, God doesn't answer, but the assumption is you absolutely are. You absolutely are your brother's keeper. That's the whole reason you're here. And you certainly weren't here to be your brother's killer, just for the record. You were here to be your brother's keeper. We take care of each other. And, I, and listen, I had no way. I'm just going to tell you this story. Six months ago, I preached in, in St. Louis. <clears throat> Cord and I preached back-to-back days. And I went first. And um, again, being peaceful Joe, um, I got up. And pretty much just tongue-lashed everybody um, for about 35 minutes. And Cord's like, holy cow. The next day, Cord comes out, sits in the chair, and he's Mr. Pastoral. We just love you guys so much. We were a good balance. We knew going in we were, gonna, we were going to do it that way. But one of the things I said, I said... Um, if there was a major hurricane to hit Daytona Beach, I said, how many of you would pray for our church? Every hand went up. I said, how many of you would send me money? How many of you would come down with a shipment of food and clothes? All the hands went down. And I looked at them and I said, you know what, keep your prayers. I think that was the statement that might have threw cord right over the... And so now, I've gotten texts and emails from all over the world. Joe, we're praying for you. Okay? I'm not minimizing prayer. I want all the prayer I can get. But you know what? Right now, that's not what I need. I need food to distribute to people. I need money to help with people's deductibles. I need chainsaws. So I, not that I don't want your prayers, but if you're just going to throw up some cute emoji, just keep it. Does that seem, does that seem fair? 
That's why, now don't forget this, when the next disaster happens in Iowa. All right? Because that's what the church, if the church is reduced to, I'll pray for you. James said, be warm and well fed. Good luck, guys. Hope it all works out for you. Yeah, just keep it. Just keep it. Because real Christianity steps in and acts. Let me tell you about the sunflower. Anybody here raise sunflowers? Know about sunflowers? For some reason, I see, I eat them. Well done. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I see a lot of people take pictures in sunflower patches. I'm not sure I fully get that, but it's cool. Um, but the sunflower is an interesting flower. And I know nothing about flowers, but I'm going to tell you this story. The reason, besides its looks, is it's called the sunflower, is because the sunflower always points at the sun. You can watch. As the sun moves, the sunflowers turn. You can watch them in a the field. You can see it happening. The sunflower will always look at the sun unless it can't find the sun. There's a storm. There's big clouds. When the sunflowers can't see the sun, you know what they do? Does anybody know this? This is so, evolution so amazing. If a sunflower can't see the sun, the sunflowers turn and face each other. That's what the church does, folks. We look to Jesus. We look to heaven. We look to eternity. But there are times like this last week where we have to be honest and say, you know what? This is tough right now. I can't see God because my house is underwater. There's a tree in my house. I'm a single mom and school's going to start and I don't have any shoes for my kids. You, you know what, honey? If you can't see God right now, I can still see him. So you turn and we'll hold each other. Are you with me? All right. All right. Last verse. Let's go on to the Matthew passage, please. Matthew chapter 24 says, therefore, this is Jesus, keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. All right. Doesn't say if, says when. All right. And again, we have churches that don't believe there's a Jesus. They don't believe he came the first time. They don't think he's coming the second time. Don't ask me what they do in church or what hope they give people. But Jesus said, you keep watching. And while you're watching for Jesus to come back, you do everything you can to be a sunflower to help somebody else.